0: All right,
1: this is Gary Parish again from CBSports.com. It is late on Selection Sunday. Still technically uh, Selection Sunday by the time you listen to this, though. I'm certain it'll be uh, the Monday after Selection Sunday. This is the Eye on College Basketball Podcast. The brackets are out. Kentucky, Duke, Villanova, Wisconsin are the number one seeds. UCLA is in the main bracket. Dayton's playing in Dayton. The entire state of Indiana is playing in the Midwest region. Indiana and Texas both made the field. Murray State didn't even come close. And, oh, yeah, Anthony Grant and Alan Major both got fired. So it's been a busy day. Norlander and Sam Vecini are with me. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on on this. It's been a pretty wild Sunday. We had, you know, Kentucky finish at 34-0. We had a classic Big Ten tournament title game. Shaka gets a conference tournament title. UConn misses an opportunity to steal a bid from somebody else. Two coaches get fired, and then the brackets released. It's been uh, it's been wild. What do you what do you make of all this?
2: Yeah, um, really fun week. Um, yeah, I had a blast in New York covering all the tournaments, and I mean it's such a flurry. Like it was like we move on to talk about the tournament, obviously, but it was such a good conference tournament week. I, I really thought it was one of the better ones of the past decade or so. This bracket, <laughs> I could literally talk three hours about this thing. I did I did expect that we were going to get this kind of situation. Um, From my perspective, we did lack – the only thing that we might have had quote-unquote group think on, and I don't even think we had it because I thought there was backlash to it, was the Murray State stuff. But if you looked at a lot of the, the predictions in terms of where teams were seated and forecast, who was in, who wasn't, usually we get down to one or two teams, two teams tops. Every time. Uh, where most people disagree on, we had even more than that this year because I even saw some Miamis floating in near the end. Almost everyone had Colorado State in UCLA. UCLA, we were a group thinking that we didn't think they'd have a chance. Um, so that was whereas like SMU getting in, not getting in last year was the huge shock. UCLA actually getting in this year was huge shock number one, and I know we're going to get to Dayton. That was another big shock. But uh, the bracket, as I expected, it you know it looks a little weird to me um i don't think there's massive misseating except for maybe two or three teams i actually think the committee did a decent job overall seating it's it's almost impossible to ask them to do something perfect because we're all going to have different views on different teams and and what we expect but um they have come out and said they used you know more kenpom and sagarin and bpi like they're using more and more um and that's a good thing uh it can lead to some weird stuff overall well, it can lead
1: to some weird stuff. Let me stop you there because this okay. is actually interesting to me. And Sam, I want you to chime in on this. Um, listen, I, I'm on that KimPom site every single day. Sagarin ratings, like I, KPI, I, like I look at all this stuff all the time. I'm not consumed with it, but I'm aware of every bit of it. And the thing that I find most troubling about relying on those types of metrics is that specifically, um, yeah, I mean all of those. Um, is that, and Sam, please correct me if I'm wrong, but you you can get some weird numbering because uh, it doesn't necessarily match up with the resumes in any way whatsoever. Like uh, Florida can be still decently valued in Kenpom uh, because games have just gone the wrong way. Or um, Texas, of course, can be... uh, So you get more... If you're looking for who are the best teams, like you do get a better... A snapshot of that but you don't necessarily get better resumes and if if we start using we start relying on on metrics that lead us away from resumes i'm not sure that's a good thing tell me tell me tell me what i'm missing
0: as far as the ncaa tournament goes i think that you're right in that we shouldn't use these because i mean i think that ken Palm, sagarin all of these other metrics are pretty undeniably better than the rpi as far as predictive tools, and that's that's what you're looking for generally if you're trying to pr- predict out games and figure out figure right. out like how things are going to go. Um, but you know the RPI still might be the best tool we have as far as what you've done and what you've accomplished on your season. Which is ways. how they're
2: seated. They're not. They're not seated yeah. the cast, right.
0: Right. So I, I do think that sometimes these metrics like the like Ken Palm like KPI like um like BPI whatever you want to use sometimes they can become a little bit of a crutch and you don't want to overuse them you still need to watch games you still need to look at who who passes the eye test so to speak who has the best resumes who is the most top 100 wins who has the most top 50 wins who's the best uh, winning percentage against the top hundred etc um but I, I'm glad that they're using them more like this is a tournament that is trying to predict the best team in the country and I think it's good to get the input of predictive metrics like Ken Palm in there to predict who your teams that should be in there and like could legitimately make noise in the NCAA tournament are. Yeah,
2: I, I agree. And I, like, I wouldn't necessarily say they look to Ken Palm or KPI or Sagarin or Massey uh, when it comes to some of these things because you've got teams that are rated lower than right. Eaton and UCLA – like for example, Purdue, which has a good seating. Um <laughs> Indiana. I think Indiana's the lowest rated ken team that got in, they were easily in the field. So point I'm making is I actually agree with you, GP. Um, whereas we use these, um there there's something of a compass but uh, you know watching the teams understanding resume i think those are still very important but i'm just glad we're getting to the point here where the committee is at least you know kind of saying well no obviously you know we're using these as much as possible yes there there can be an information overload i would argue information overload is actually inevitable in this kind of case because you're looking at so many different factors with so many different teams uh you're discussing um I just think that's just part of the process. I don't think it's anything that you can dodge. In fact, you want to have more than less uh just to kind of cover all your bases there. Uh but with what they had, here's here's my thing. And if we want to just hit UCLA really really quick, I'm I'm more than willing. Um it, to me it's it's astounding how UCLA gets in uh with some comfortability here when they were so Here's where I don't understand the disconnect, and I've been—we've been writing. I mean, we're recording this podcast. We've been working here nonstop for like four and four and a half hours. I have not read a transcript or listened to too much of what Scott Barnes has said, but I, I want to know how the committee arrives at UCLA being so comfortably in, and Dayton being the last team in when nobody else was kind of seeing that. That this is—that's where I get a little confused.
1: Well, you should be confused because it's confusing. Like I, like <laughs> let, let me let me say this. I don't have a real issue with ucla being in i wouldn't have put them in i don't think it's when you really look at their resume you can focus on the record against the top 50 which is awful but but like it it ain't much different than any other and they're
2: actually dangerous yeah side note like they can win their game like i'm not nuts about smu that's one of those weird things where like results doesn't mean that the decision was the right thing
1: but go ahead yeah, no, I, so I'm not, like, offended that UCLA's in. I don't think they should be in, but when you put their resume next to the other bubble team's resume, um, it, it, I mean, you can interpret it how you want. If you want to, you know, lean toward UCLA over Colorado State, you can reasonably do that. It's not hard to rationalize. What I can't figure out is how UCLA could be so comfortably ahead of Dayton. So how about That's this? I don't, I don't have a real problem with Dayton being in Dayton, and I don't have a real problem with UCLA being in the field. The only thing I don't understand is how you could, because I think you can rationalize any of that. I don't understand how you could have UCLA comfortably ahead of Dayton, which is, that, that's the one issue. Have UCLA in, or have Dayton in Dayton, any of those things make sense in a vacuum, but having UCLA comfortably ahead of Dayton doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I've, I mean, I'm out here, I've covered probably eight or nine UCLA games this year. I think that this team is absolutely one of the best 36-at-large teams in the field, um, as far as the way they're playing right now, as far as the talent level, as far as whatever, whatever so-called eye test, whatever roster you want to look at, I think they are one of the best thirty whatever teams that you t- you make up to make the uh, to make the selections. But their resume is like it's kind of a mess. They're five and ten against the top one hundred. I think they're what? What are they uh, against the top fifty? Someone tell me what they are in the top fifty. It's one in seven. I think. I'll I want to say it was like right yeah, one seven.
1: I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and um, it, it's bad.
0: Him, it's not even comparable to Dayton. Like, no, not dude, even
2: you compare them, yeah. Compare them to Colorado State. I'm gonna bring, it, go ahead and talk to him. I'm gonna bring up the numbers here. I mean, really, when you line up UCLA next to Colorado State, there's really no debate whatsoever that the Rams should have gotten in.
0: Yeah, no, and UCLA. I compared them to Dayton earlier. Dayton had like a seven and six mark against the top uh, top hundred compared to UCLA's like five and ten mark, which is crazy, crazy, crazy that a team with that kind of mark would get in over or would be comfortably ahead of Dayton. Dayton, put it this way. Think about, think about it this way. If UConn had won the AAC tournament title game, right. which, you know, they were six points down with 30 seconds to go. If something breaks right and Ryan Boatwright comes down and hits a three, that's a close game. And who knows what happens in crunch time like that with that UConn team. Dayton is out of this tournament. Which, is Which would be, in my opinion,
2: listen, Dayton doesn't ridiculous. have a super strong resume. I get it. If that happens, I, I honestly don't know if there's a bigger snub in the history of the tournament. Like, that would have been outrageous. And they are one away. Side note, Colorado State, one loss versus a team ranked 100 or lower. UCLA has three of them. They have identical 51 to 100 uh, records, 3 and 2. UCLA is 2 and 8 against the 150. Uh, Colorado State is 2 and 3. Um, Colorado State is you know higher r p i by by miles and miles better neutral record uh better road record um against the top fifty so twenty seven and six versus twenty and thirteen i here 's i don 't agree like it 's so easy for people to get very cynical and I understand why they 'll do it and say indiana's comfortably in u c l a gets in a team like Colorado state. Murray State. These teams aren't even sniffing it. It's you know the big schools. I'm telling you, I re- like call me naive. I really do not believe that that is playing a role into why these teams are getting in the field. There are so many other factors.
1: But how about this? How do you explain this? And I'm not I'm not the conspiracy theorist either. But this is a fact. The top eight RPIs that were left out were all outside of the Power Five. That's yeah. No, uh, it's
0: strange. I- I'll yeah. say this. I think that it was a down mid-major year. I kind of was just was. tweeting about this before we got on. Like some of the teams that we expected to compete for at is like your Green Bays, Louisiana Techs, um, uh, Georgia State, for instance, who ended up in the field by winning their, at-lar- or their automatic in what was a horrific, horrific game today. Um, th- those teams were really strong this year, but they didn't take that next step forward from last year to where they were going to be at-large contenders. So... There there were okay teams like Toledo was okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a few others like there were other okay mid majors, but this was a weak mid major year. So I tend to side with the idea of being okay with so many power five teams, um, but the UCLA over Colorado State, UCLA over Dayton stuff is. I would yeah, I, crazy I, I, I would say
1: this that it's not just that it's literally every year like uh, the the top and I listen I know RPI is just a metric and it's a flawed metric and it's uh, but it is one that's heavily in and you know used by the committee whether they acknowledge it or or not it's it's all over the place Um, it's not the end all be all but Mm -hmm. every single year like for the I've looked back for the past I think 11 years every single year for the past 11 years the top two RPI teams left out come from outside the power structure, and this year it was actually the top eight. The top That's eight, a good
2: stat. That's a really good stat. Um,
1: the top eight RPIs left out of the field um, were all outside of the Power Five conferences. And I'll give you the Dayton-UCLA um, breakdown because I actually wrote about this earlier. Uh, Dayton, okay, so UCLA, let me, here it is. Dayton finished 6-6 six and six against the top 100 of the RPI. They had two losses outside of the top one hundred. UCLA finished 5-10 and ten against the top 100, had three losses outside of the top 100. And then Dayton's ahead of UCLA in the RPI, Ken Poms, Sagarin. Like every computer formula available, Dayton is ahead. So Dayton has uh, better records in all the places that they tell us matter. They're better in all the computers, and yet they nearly missed the, the entire NCAA tournament while UCLA skips the, the first four. Again there's just there's no way to intelligently defend that unless you just think you don't have to.
2: I agree. It's a weird deal. So I have <laughs> a few quick thoughts off this. One, here's why I think uh that stat you mentioned GP. Here's why I think it happened because the RPI is a very moldable and and, and a formula that you, that you can fix to a certain degree, but what you can't fix is who you can schedule. And so while you can you can tweak your own RPI to get a good rating if you're a mid-major team, what it's hard to do is to get Uh, true road games or things of value that the committee is going to take seriously. So I I think you can't have the coin land on both sides there. And that's why a team could have a good RPI, relatively speaking, if they're mid-major. But then when you look at them against a a power conference team, the fact of the matter is they're going to be 1-3 and against the top 50 against another team that might be 4-5. and I think that's why that happens to a certain degree. With Mm -hmm. Dayton, it's just a weird freaking thing, man, because... They they bungled the situation in my opinion because Dayton has no business being in the first four. I would have had them out with some room to spare, but then you put them in in a year where they shouldn't even be in, and now you're kind of screwing over Boise State.
1: You're absolutely screwing Boise State. What's up? You're absolutely screwing Boise State. Yeah, yeah.
2: So and then you're getting like because Dayton isn't a first four team. They're better than that. Now they get the home game, and now Boise State gets this. It's just uh it's an unfortunate thing. I remember last year we wondered if Dayton would get to Dayton. Like that was something that people really thought that was gonna happen. This year wasn't even remotely on the radar. I talk I was in uh Brooklyn for the for the A ten semis and you know, speaking with coaches just casually and you know, the hope was like if they lost to be an eight, to be like this was I mean, this was nowhere near their radar here. Um, so certainly a, a huge surprise. And I will say that, you know, the A ten wasn't treated all that well to be honest with you uh vcu uh only gets a seven davidson for a hot five minutes there people were like uh davidson might not be in. i thought they would be in. i thought they were coming but also temple not getting in you know for the second straight year a team that a lot of people thought would be in from that league doesn't get in you had smu last year you had temple this year um it's just kind of a wake-up call moment for the league i think where it would like to consider itself closer to the Pac Power Five than not. I, I think the fact of the matter is, right now, it can't say that. Um, the American we're, Athletic we're,
1: Conference? No. Well, yeah. here, the problem with the American is, like, arguably, its two biggest programs both suck this year. I mean, Connecticut, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem. When yeah. Connecticut sucks and Memphis sucks, what do you have?
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, Connecticut
1: uh, sucked, Memphis sucked, and Cincinnati lost its coach. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, it's,
2: it's it's real talk with GP on this election Sunday podcast. But you're right, no, it's absolutely no, it's right. Right.
1: right. Yeah, so like it's hard but, to be a, it's hard to be a good league when you're, you know, it's a little bit like when people talk about the Mountain West, like oh, the Mountain West is down this year. Well, yeah, UNLV it stinks, and New Mexico stinks. So like the Mountain West is going to be down when you're when you're pre when you're outside of the power structure, and honestly, you know. When you're at the SEC, even inside the power structure, like for the SEC to be good, like the SEC's been down in recent years. We've been through this. Why? Well, Arkansas's been down, LSU's been down, Vanderbilt's been down. Like they're they're the programs that are supposed to be good have been down. That's a problem. And it's the same way with the Mountain West right now and with the American right now. Soon as if Memphis and UConn were what Memphis and UConn usually are, then the American would be a three bid league. You know, maybe a four bid league with Cincinnati. And if um, New Mexico and UNLV were what they should be year in and year out. Um, then the Mount West would be fine too. So that's that's a little bit like outside of the power structure. If you're if your premier programs aren't good, you're you're going to you're going to suffer as a league.
2: Yeah, I think that's the case. Um if if people want to get a little cynical with uh with the with the big conferences and getting the bids like this, I understand it, but uh we also have a situation now where we've got essentially 10 leagues that are gonna be vying for bids multiple bids in in more years and that's what we've more than what we've had in the past with you know conference realignment and now you've got the American and the Big East the Mountain West the West Coast and the A-10 those leagues all of them should be getting at least two bids per year and so when you've got that obviously it's gonna threaten the mid-majors as well so one Mm -hmm. thing kind of compounds against the other but um, listen you know this this kinda stuff is very much uh, a 16-hour news cycle um so hey if you guys want to like get into these games uh well let's like, let's
1: start at the top let's like bring okay. some order to this now that we're a good you know 17 minutes in um <laughs> let's start with the one seeds kentucky duke villanova wisconsin uh, sam you okay with them um sure <laughs> i mean yeah i, am too. <laughs> I, I like, think i, I, I would have gone heard. virginia over duke but i i, I, I wrote too, this i wrote right. this the other day i, I guess no. it was uh Maybe when I woke up Saturday, because like, I was really – I don't want to say I was stressed out. That would be an overstatement. I was stressed out for a hundred different reasons, but not over this. But I really wanted to try, try to take an honest and fresh look at it. And, and what I decided is that Kentucky, Villanova, and Wisconsin, as long as Villanova and Wisconsin won out, Kentucky, Villanova, Wisconsin were going to be one seeds. And then we were down to Duke, Virginia. And really, if you wanted to throw Wisconsin back into the batch and try to argue Duke, Wisconsin, Virginia – you could reasonably argue them anyway. Any way, any way yeah. you wanted to, you could yeah. have done it. And so, I wasn't going to be the guy bitching about uh, whatever the ones were because I I I can make it I can make a strong case for Duke. I could have made a strong case for Virginia. It you know, either way, whatever. I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally fine with it too. Even Arizona, I think you could have thrown in there with the way that they closed their season. I think they were Arizona They were terrific fans, even though they
2: Arizona fans got chirpy with me. Uh, they were definitely high on their team being a one seed. And listen, it is a weird year when Arizona kind of like runs through its league, wins, sweeps its regular season title, conference title, and Arizona looks damn good. But yeah. they just had worse losses than anyone else. They had a case, but I think they had the weakest case, and that's a freaky thing when you consider they only have Not even here's, here's close to the, the weakest other...
1: case. Like, uh, this, like, they've been – Arizona fans want to talk about – and I don't mean to paint with a broad brush. I hate it when people do that. But some Arizona fans—the ones tweeting at me—they want to talk about how awesome they are now, and I agree. Like I've got—I the, picked them to go to the Final Four. Like they're the, in the Final Four, of my bracket. So, so you know what I think of yep. them. I think they're great. But again, one seed stuff comes down to resume. It doesn't come down to how great you look right now. It comes down what can you, what have you done? And and now let's 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 respect the results. That that's something that you know the committee people. Say over and over again, we're going to respect the results of the games. Well, the results of the games. Not only did they have worse losses than everybody, they had three sub one hundred losses, three losses outside of the top one hundred. No other one c candidate had one, had even won except Wisconsin, and that came when Kaminsky was out. So, like they were, they had three times as many. Uh, uh, sub one hundred losses as everybody else. Like that was all to, in my mind. That was always going to keep. And whatever and you one get two. the two in the West. Right. You know, I was going
0: to say they're, they're the de facto one in the West anyway because right. they're the favorite in the West because they're going to they're going to have home court advantage in Staples Center against Wisconsin against whoever they play in the regional. It doesn't matter. They're the de facto one in that region sure. in my mind anyway.
2: Yeah, I would have Duke over Virginia just because Duke has a road win at Wisconsin and a road win at Virginia, sure. and so that would be the Trump. For me, that's all.
1: Yeah, no, I got. Uh, yeah, I, I decided a while ago. You could argue Wisconsin, Duke, Virginia in any way. I was, I was perfectly okay with that. All right, round of sixty-four game that you're most looking forward to, Sam. Oh
0: wow. Um, you know, this is a weird one, but I'm most looking forward, I think, to Louisville, UC Irvine, because UC Irvine <laughs> has a seven-foot-six guy. They play that two-three zone where they they just funnel everything towards NJI. And like they they give up one of the lowest percentages at the rim of any team in the country, and they gave up the worst percentage at the rim of any team in the country last year. This year they probably would have as well if NJI didn't get hurt for like 15, 20 games throughout the year. Um, and that's what Virginia's or not Virginia, Louisville's game is based on. Louisville needs to get to the rim. They need to have Terry Rozier uh, be able to slash to the rim and create looks for others. They need to uh, have Montrezl Harrell be able to finish the rim. That 2-3 zone that UC Irvine runs is going to cause them all sorts of problems, I think. Uh, you know, there's a possibility that Louisville just gets out and outruns them, I think, if they can stop them on defense. But on offense versus UCI or UC Irvine's defense, I think they're in a lot of trouble, actually. Norlander, you got one that you care about? Hey, uh,
2: let me ramble here. Um, so, for, uh, yeah, I, I think Utah-Steven-Up-Austin is my favorite game. Um... Stephen F. Austin to me is the rare favored underdog, like just in the fact that I think a lot of people are going to be so high on them because, again, like last year, they have not lost a game since November, um, and they're really freaking good. Do you know what uh, the
1: Do you know what Brad Underwood's record is,
2: dude? He's won <laughs> more. It's it's ridiculous. I think he's won the most games through two seasons of any coach in men's D one history.
1: Yes. Okay. I I wrote this last night in the uh, drunk. Bets. I can
0: tell you, It's sixty one and seven.
1: Okay, he's sixty one and seven, which is ridiculous without context. Okay of the se- of the seven losses four of them are to power conference schools that were top you know basically top 40 Kenpom, you know, it's UC- you know UCL whatever it was, right? So four of his seven career losses are to power 5 schools. A fifth is to Northern Iowa this year, so like a top 20 team. He only has two losses to similar similar schools in the past 2 years. Like re- I like what he's doing there is off the charts crazy good.
2: It is really good, and you wonder, we don't need to get into job speculation stuff, but like when you're that good, um, and if Texas loses, I'm not saying he would be by any means a top three candidate, but he is like right down the road, and well, that, he's yeah, done.
1: That'll never fall yeah. to him. That won't I, fall to him. But I, how about this? It's just funny he could,
2: that he's, been, yeah, he's been
1: a record-setting coach. He, could, he, he, he takes the job that whoever takes the Texas yep. job leaves behind. That's what I was going to say. Like Greg, uh, How about this? Okay. Let's speculate. Greg Marshall to Texas, and then Brad Underwood to
0: Ooh. Wichita State. Yep. Here's the other thing I about mean, Underwoods, possible, too; they only lose one yeah. guy for next year. So if he stays, if he stays be and takes just as good next year too. Yeah. So it's possible. Um,
2: okay, so I, I did my my post of the five that I was looking most forward to. Uh, the Irvine one uh, isn't on that list, but it is freaky. I love I love that this tournament, by the way, has a Mamadou. It's got a Buddy. It's got a Basil Smotherman. There's got to be some other amazing names in here. It's a it's a good name tournament uh, overall. But um, the. Wichita State Indiana game, dude. Wichita State got robbed. They're better than a seven. Uh, That game could be really fun. Um, That game and uh, the Butler Texas game, I both have. They're in the same uh, part of the bracket, even though uh, Wichita State Indiana will be in Omaha. That is a two forty five game on Friday. Butler Texas is a nice enjoyable Thursday afternoon game on CBS. Um, But the point is, uh, if Texas and Indiana lower seeds lose. We'll see what happens with their coaches. I'm looking forward to that. To me, Wofford is the most uh, enticing 12-over-5 pick. Uh, two very different kinds of teams. I just got to see Arkansas doing a big kind of game. Mike Anderson's teams haven't been totally reliable. And VCU-Ohio State, you know, we have to call in our picks. And this, that is, like, is a, relatively speaking, just a, a sucky part of the job is because we can't, like, sit and stew and think. Like, within an hour and a half of the bracket coming out, we got to call these picks in. And I'm, I call him the desk. I'm like, I'm swearing at myself. I, I cannot stand the picks I'm making. I picked Ohio State. I wasn't happy about it. Um, but to me, D'Angelo Archer is so good. I think he'll be able to not handle the press, so to speak. But there's no Weber in the game. Uh, I'm totally intrigued by that. That's a Thursday 440 game on TNT. Um, those are really good. Side note, I'm as of right now, I have Virginia beating Belmont. But I might change that. Um just because they shoot threes, like, Virginia has that pack line D, and Belmont loves to launch it, and Rick Bird's, like, the best coach ever. So I might actually uh, stone up and go with the Bruins over the Cavaliers.
1: You realize that uh, nobody shoots threes well against Virginia, though, still. <sighs> yeah, but it's Rick Bird. Right? I know it's Rick Bird. I know how, I know what you think of Rick Bird. I, 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 we've been All through right, this. So, okay, what,
2: what games, what games kind of that we haven't hit on GPU, first round Thursday, Friday, pop out to you most?
1: Wichita State, Indiana. Yeah. I love that game too. I love that game. Right. I mean, first off, you get um Yogi and Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which by the <laughs> way, just not to not to uh
2: interrupt you, but I am I'm actually wondering like Yogi's a strong dude and Fred's not like he's not weak or anything, but like I, I think they're gonna really try and, and bruise Fred up in
1: that in that game. Go ahead, take a run at Fred Yeah, somewhere. I think that he's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, Fred. I don't be think fine. that
0: Indiana has the manpower inside to bruise up Fred. Right. Yeah. So um
1: yeah, no no, so like I and also like I love all the dynamics too. Like there's a handful of jobs I re- like let me let me say it, put it this way. I think Greg not not think, I know. I know Greg Marshall is happy in Wichita. He is certainly capable of retiring there. Would be willing to do it. He makes a lot of money. He's got a great life. That said, I think there's a couple of jobs, maybe 5-6 jobs in the country that he would leave for, and one of them's Indiana. And it just, I love the dynamic of, 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 of Greg Marshall. I don't love it. I don't, it's not like I'm rooting for it, but I, I just, as a spectator, like sitting back and watching it all unfold, the idea of Greg Marshall beating Tom Crean, at which point Indiana fans start screaming for Tom Crean's head, at which point Indiana fans start screaming for Greg Marshall to replace Tom Crean is all pretty interesting yeah. to me. And, yeah. and let me be clear, that is
0: exactly how it would go down.
2: Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Um, that would be interesting. I've got Wichita State over Kansas. I do, too. By the
0: way. I do, too. We, we all, all do? do? We all yes. have that?
2: Yes. Oh, boy. that. See, you know I hate that. Kansas hate fans are
0: going to kill us.
2: It gets too popular, <laughs> and then you don't think it's going to happen. Um, well, you remember, you
1: remember a few years ago. I actually looked it up, so I hope you remember, because I'm about to ask you about it, Norlander. You wrote a, a blog post about sort of this back and forth between Greg and Bill. Yes. When they uh, – You know, Kansas won't schedule Wichita State for all the reasons that it shouldn't. Like, if I were the coach at Kansas, I wouldn't schedule Wichita State. Guess what else? If Greg Marshall were the coach at Kansas, he wouldn't schedule Wichita State, right? He said that. I know. So, but still, they went back and forth for a little while. It's over now, but they went back and forth for a little while, and it just sort of became very clear. You know, Bill Self said, well, you know, I'm not out to schedule to help other people's programs. I'm hel- Dude, I'm out I am I love s-
2: that Bill Self is already on the record, like, within two hours of this bracket coming out, being like, uh, I'm not a fan of this whatsoever. <laughs> right. this, this, yeah. this is not cool at, in the slightest. <laughs> I don't think this is funny. I don't think it's cheeky. Why are you putting Wichita State potentially against my team in the round of 32?
1: Right. Now, he, he's he's operating on two levels here. Like, one... Why do we have to play Wichita State at all? That's that would suck regardless of the circumstances given that we're Kansas and they're Wichita State and we've, we've, we we've I don't want to say avoided this. It sounds like they're chicken. They're not chicken, they're just smart. It's not it's not a game that Kansas should schedule. I don't think I wouldn't schedule it if I were Bill Self, but but then secondly, not only do you have to play Wichita State and you know, in theory in this tournament format you have to play an under Wichita State team, yes. <laughs> which is like, whoa, hold on, we're the two-seeded, we're about to play, like, what's Wichita State ranked right now? Do you even know? And uh, I, they're
0: probably like 12. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, I'm
1: not, I'm not, the AP poll doesn't mean everything. I got all that, right? But imagine you're the outright Big 12 champions for the 11th straight year. In the round of 32, you might have to play a, a Wichita State team that's ranked, let me, let me look it up exactly, that's ranked 12th in the country right now. <laughs> that's, not, that's not ideal and this is and by the way this
2: is the kansas fans who are superstitious still notice that their second seeded kansas team is in the exact same spot in the bracket that it was placed last year when it fell and got upended by uh stanford uh also on a friday sunday schedule which is what kansas has right now um but yeah i think that'll be popular um what other ones what like upsets do you have that are Twelve or five or or worse, whether first round or going in, you know, second round beyond. I
1: took Stephen F. Austin.
0: Did
1: yep. yeah. So did I. I took Steve, just. I just decided I love Brad Underwood, so I'm just going to ride with him.
0: I have Eastern Washington on the other side of that. I too.
2: almost took it. I was. I was just cursing myself out, and I didn't. I didn't because I took Stephen F. Austin, and I was just like, oh, "You're such a weak." man. I feel I like know. there's
0: always a twelve, thirteen. Georgetown it, it has been. Like Georgetown that.
2: has not reached a second weekend since t- 2007. It's lost to so many 13s and 14s. Um, GP, what else do you have? I like, got
1: Davidson over Iowa. I don't know how big of an upset that is, but I have. It's not it.
2: crazy, but I also have that. I
1: have. I
0: have Texas over Butler. I have Texas over Butler. I took Butler. I Te- Texas, Texas
1: is, like that'll be the uh, one favorite. Yeah, yeah they, actually, they they open it They, right they open as a one point favorite. Yeah. That'll take, be the game everybody's like, "Oh, it's an upset. You know, te- Texas is upset. Texas Butler. minus
2: one. Yeah. Texas minus one is the line right now. I did take Butler almost as a uh, fade-the-public kind of move there. I have Albany over Oklahoma um, because why not, right?
1: Well, yeah, you have to throw in a couple of those why-nots everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have whoever wins BYU-Ole Miss over Xavier.
0: I have that too. Right.
2: Mm, I took Xavier because um, I – it's one of those things where if BYU wins, and I like how they look, I'll probably take BYU. But right now I have Xavier. Um, I almost I almost took uh, Harvard over North Carolina, but instead I now have North Carolina over Wisconsin oh, again. I don't know what I'm doing. Actually, but I don't
1: think that's crazy.
2: I know. It's not crazy. I, I hate myself for um, – and if we want to like hold suspense and wait for our final four till we get to the end, that's fine. But like, I can't stand it when I call in these picks. And we get to the elite eight, and they're like, "Okay, you got one two, one two, one three, one two. And I'm like, "Don't, I don't, don't tell me that."
0: Okay,
1: what I have, I I think. Does anybody have a surprise Final Four team? No, I don't either. I have two ones and two twos. I I I have um, Kentucky, so that's a one. I have Arizona, so that's a two. I have Duke, so that's a one, and then I have Virginia, so that's a two.
0: Um, I'm the only one different than you that I have is Gonzaga over Duke.
2: Okay, well, uh, all right, I'll, t- I'll talk you through mine. So I've got Kentucky, uh, I've got Kentucky in, it's... it's- It is just impossible not to put Kentucky into the Final Four. Like, that is the ultimate. I just want to be different. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying Maryland or Kansas. I don't think Kansas could beat Kentucky. It would be amazing if Wichita State beat Kentucky in the Elite Eight. That would be, like, the most incredible thing ever. But you just can't foresee any situation in that bracket where Kentucky's not going to get out of it. And and for Calipari—and by the way, maybe Calipari's, like, reverse jinx worked. Because for the past two months— all he could talk about, or one thing he talked about was that the committee will give Kentucky the hardest region, and they by far got the easiest region. he's talked right? right. about that
1: for he's talked about things like that his entire life, his entire professional life at the very least. He is all like you he'll say, "Ah, you know we're going to get screwed, and if you were to ask him how like how J- John, how do you think you'll get screwed by the committee well um I mean, what if they let you know Wisconsin and Duke combine rosters and then play us? Like, like you know, he's he just think he okay. he he's just forever like wired to think they're out to get him. Everybody's out to get him. It, it it makes him who he is. It's a fascinating part of his personality. But um, my God, they gave him a they gave him a cakewalk into the fight. Uh, like, when like when it, your number two seed is a team you already beat by thirty two. I mean, yeah. seriously, yeah. Uh, that is
2: just that is amazing. And and Notre Dame, which can shoot, I just I, like if Notre Dame were to get there, um, which is what I have actually. I have Notre Dame playing Kentucky in the lead eight. Um, and I like a lot of what Notre Dame has, but, uh, historically no team that's ever been that bad defensively, uh, from an efficiency standpoint ha- has broken through uh, to a final four there at least as of a week ago. I have not looked since they made their run. Um, I can't b- bring myself to do it. Notre Dame, if they like, if they got ridiculously hot, they'd have a chance, but, uh, I'm not feeling that I have Villanova in the East, um, Call it recency bias if you want, but there's no yeah, recency you're bias. you're Villanova. Let team.
1: me stop you here for a second. Are okay. you sure this is Jay Wright's best team? You keep tweeting that and yeah. over again. Sam, yeah. are you sure it's Jay Wright's best team?
0: I actually talked about this with Matt last night. I think it is. I think it's his most talented team, even counting the four Lowry, Sumter team. I think Jay Wright, thinks it's, uh, yeah, yeah, think Jay Wright thinks it's
2: his best team, but he's afraid to say it until they actually get to a Final Four. Well, he's, you're not
1: afraid to say it.
2: You've said it a hundred times. Afraid. Dude, they are so good. Like, it is... It is unreal.
0: They're deeper uh, than that team. Um, they, they're better deep, inside they're presence. Better on offense.
2: They're just as good as not better on defense. Uh, their schedule this year was even tougher than the one they played then, relatively speaking, to the rest of college basketball. I actually don't love the Northern Iowa potential Sweet 16 game. I don't love that matchup for them. Uh, but I took them. Uh, I, I just, dude, they, they rain it from deep. They penetrate it so well. Um, talked with a few coaches. When I was doing the scouting Kentucky thing for the site, I talked with about 10 coaches, and in that, I kind of got to other one seeds who can beat Kentucky and all that, Um, and every coach I talked to said Villanova is a top five team. No one said, "Eh, you know what, I know they got that record. Everyone believes this team is just unreal good. Like, as good as Virginia, people pretty much said Kentucky, then Wisconsin, and then there was a lot of Virginia, Villanova, Arizona in there. Um, So I'm on, like, I'm on board with that. I don't fault the Virginia pick whatsoever. Um, but I got Villanova in. I put Duke in out of the South. Um, wasn't nuts about it. Uh, I got Duke over Iowa State. It's almost like with Gonzaga. Just prove me wrong. Because I put them into a Final Four like three times in the past like seven or eight years. They never get there. So it's almost like, you know what? I won't pick it. If you get there, that's awesome. Just prove me wrong. I I, I won't pick you until it, it happens. I'd love to see it. I think the South is the region I'm most looking forward to watching because that's got Utah, Stephen F. Austin. We'll see what Georgetown can do. Iowa State, I mean, Freddie Horberg can come out of that region, no doubt about it. Iowa Davidson's <laughs> fun. Gonzaga's Gonzaga. Duke is Duke. That's a lot of fun. Um, so I have Duke coming out of that, and then I like Parish. I have Arizona because I've got Arizona over North Carolina.
1: Do, does anybody have anybody other than Kentucky winning at all? No.
2: No. Yeah, no. I have Kentucky. Dude, I hate myself for it. But like,
1: I they're don't. even <laughs> money
2: against the field, which is just stupid. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, like I yeah. was on with Chris Mannix earlier on his uh, radio show. And he was like, would you take Kentucky or the field? And I said, you know, like in any other year, that's like a, that's a question people ask. That's just a dumb question. You always take the field. And yet in this in this year, I'd probably lean towards Kentucky. I mean, they're just so good. I watched them up close earlier today. I'm, I'm here in Nashville right now. And uh, went to the SEC tournament title game. And to the, you know, you really don't start scoring on them until they get bored. You
2: right. know, they,
1: like that's just so, like they're just, they're so good, man. And they, yeah. they're they just, and when the Harrisons are playing well, they, they become, they're not unbeatable. But I think they've got to play a C game and you've got to play an A game to beat them. And I don't think that's going to happen. I really do think they're going to be 40-0 national champions.
0: Uh, I agree That's that. going to be
1: and I don't know sand. that
0: I don't know that I would take Kentucky over the field. I'm not as am not as sure on that. But I, I, Kentucky's absolutely my pick if you have to make a pick. One <laughs> yeah, team. It's,
2: right. It's two different things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I wanted to take someone else's hat from Kentucky just because everyone is going to take Kentucky, but it's I just can't convince myself not to do it. Um, they look too good. They just keep getting better so that'll be uh and that will be a storyline that just gets massive i mean the the more games they win uh the bigger that will be um and it'll be a spectacle once they get to indianapolis if and when uh that'll be a huge a huge thing to watch um i'd love to see them hopefully get tested here um i hope i would love to see him i'll be in cleveland i'd like to see him get tested before then um, oh, listen! There, there's gonna Almost be a, there's gonna this. be a
1: game when they're under eight. There's under eight minutes and they're in a one possession game. That's gonna happen. Like I don't think they're gonna roll through everybody.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think Purdue can beat them, but I think that Purdue, if they would play both of the seven players, would be Sam. interesting.
1: <laughs> that I that game is not gonna be interesting. <laughs> I you think just that think they think Purdue can match
0: con- size wise.
1: Dude, yeah. there is going to be twenty thousand Kentucky fans inside the Yum Center. And they're going yeah, to beat Purdue rule. by twenty. That's the <laughs> other thing. <laughs> that's the other. That's the other thing. They I don't do love, love Sam for
2: Kentucky. trying to make Purdue Kentucky yeah. so intriguing. They don't play. Like, oh. They play oh, home games.
1: Yeah. That's that's the thing about Kentucky, man. Like it, yeah. if you would have been inside yeah. Brid- 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 uh, Bridgestone yeah. Arena today, like it it is. There were nineteen thousand Kentucky fans in there. It felt like Rupp Arena, except nicer. <laughs> so, like, that, that's the thing. Like, that Yum Center is going to be two home games, and they I, they will cruise there. Although I, I would like to see uh, Stevie Mass um, at Manhattan get to play be, against his alma mater. That'd be fun.
2: Yes, that would be interesting. Uh, um, okay, let's talk 12-5s. Um, I have – we all have Stephen F. Austin, and I took Wofford. Do you guys have any other ones aside from the
0: Lumberjacks? No, I have um, – I do not like Wofford, actually. Okay. I, I think that – Anytime they've played a better team, they've played to that team's pace, it seemed like. So I figure that they like to play slow and Arkansas likes to play fast. I think that that's going to be the uh, pace it's played at is fast, and I don't think they have the guns to keep up with Arkansas.
1: Yeah, the only one I have is Stephen F. Austin. And honestly, the only reason I got that one is because I decided after Brad Underwood got last call for drunk bets uh, back to 500 (laughs) on the season Saturday night, I was going to pick Stephen F. Austin no matter what. I hate picking them against Utah. I actually, because I really like that Utah team. I think that Utah. I know they're not playing well. They're not playing well, but but I like them.
2: That's the that's always the 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 fun part about the bracket, though, is like you'll have like four or five teams that you like. Make up my mind. You
1: you tell yourself you're
2: not going to pick against them, and then you see who they get, and you're like, oh gosh, why? Um, That's I I just cannot wait for that game.
0: Yeah, like mine like like that was Wyoming. I figured almost no matter what, I was going to take Wyoming. Uh, over there, eleven or, or as an eleven or twelve, and they ended up with Northern Iowa, and I couldn't do it.
1: And it worked the opposite way for me with Gonzaga. Like I would, I would take Gonzaga out of any region that didn't involve Kentucky or Duke, but they're in there with Duke, and I'm gonna. I, I don't want to take them over Duke.
2: I, I I hear you, man. And I listen. I think a Duke Gonzaga regional final could be among the, the two or three best games the tournament sees. Um, I yeah. think we have. A lot of these potential, like, I I do like a lot of these matchups and what we might get. Um, Providence, I have Providence uh, going up against Virginia and and losing, but I think that they could be a team, like, Chris Dunn's so good. Like, oh my god, I saw him in person (laughs) at the biggest tournament. He is just so unreal good, like, just a step below Yeah, I'm
0: not unconvinced that he is a top 10 player in the NCAA. He is, really might. It is exist.
2: crazy. Uh, his composure, his savvy, his instinct, um, and LaDonta Hinton is. I think they are the best one-two combo in terms of guys that like consistently need the ball and use the ball. I don't think anyone has what they have in the tournament. So I've got them in the Sweet 16. Um, I find that I way. have them in the Sweet 16 too.
1: And I, I would have too. had I would have had them going as far as the Elite Eight, except I don't. I think Virginia will just figure Virginia. it out. You know, that Virginia
0: that. matchup is horrible for them because right. the pack line's going to cut off down at every angle.
1: But I do have them in the Sweet 16. Um, I, I just think when you got two dudes like they got, those two dudes, like you, those, those are the type of teams that randomly end up in the Elite Eight. It's, Why we, not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I hear you. Um,
2: yeah. Is there any, I think, this, there's no game that's more decidedly one way among all 8-9s and 7-10s than Michigan State over Georgia. I don't even think Georgia should be in the field. Uh, uh-huh. And Michigan State's not a seven. Uh, that would be one where I'd be.
1: It would stun me if Georgia won that game.
0: Yeah, Michigan State's underseated, I,
1: I believe. And then Georgia, yeah, I can't. I can't see Georgia beating Michigan. Uh, I would
0: be surprised start. if St. John's beat uh, San Diego State without. So would I because Rebecca oh yeah, too.
2: they don't have their starting center anymore.
1: Yeah, that was weird. They announced it like two hours before the. Sh- uh, selection show, which which I guess is fine if you just like believe in you know honesty and stuff, <laughs> but it it, it certainly <laughs> runs counter to the way other schools have handled it, um, like Syracuse in the past. Um, you know it, it, it it's beneficial, it, it you know it's advantageous to to not release stuff like that uh, mm-hmm. prior to you being seated because it could affect your seating. Now maybe the committee did them a favor just for like hey thanks for being honest we won't punish you. But still, I was surprised when I saw it. It's one thing when you know, a reporter breaks the news that Chris, Chris Obeckba is going to be out. It's another thing when the school willingly um, you know, announces it two hours before the selection show. That's not the type of thing that a lot of schools would do.
0: Yeah, honestly, my thought was that – because the committee keeps like, tries to keep track of this stuff I've read before. So my honest first thought was, oh, they found out. <laughs> like but I figured that was the only way that it's totally they possible. would do this. Yeah. I mean I like guess the only reason that they would do it two hours
2: before. It's so right. weird. I mean that was the weirdest headline. Um and yeah, I don't think St. John's will keep it close. Um I don't have the stats in front of me, but a double digit seed makes it like every year to the Sweet Sixteen. Um so I have Stephen F. Austin in the Sweet Sixteen and I'm scanning here. I think that's it god bless you if you just sneeze uh yeah steven f austin is my only double digit seed in the sweet 16 which actually seems low because i think we get two and i feel like the elite eights had a double digit that i could be off here but i thought i saw it like for the past five or five of the past seven years so uh do you guys have any double digits into the
1: sweet 16 or regional final steven f austin as well okay Stephen
0: f austin too and oh, i wow. might, we're all lame. Uh, uh, might is, i might have i this is no so, fun I might have what? UCLA, too. I don't remember, though. You have, have UCLA, UCLA. So you would have UCLA over Iowa
1: State? Yeah. Oh, I ain't riding with Let that. Let me ask you guys this. Any uh, any concern about Virginia? Like, Justin Anderson came back, and so they're, you know, theoretically at full strength. He didn't make a shot in the ACC tournament. And I don't mean that, like, how people say, oh, he didn't make a shot all day. Like, he literally didn't make a shot in the ACC he tournament. Just, he just looked lost. He, yeah. He, like, he, he looked very lost. Does that concern there. you at all? Like, uh, like, it's hard to – it's hard to – And we saw this a few years ago when Duke brought Kyrie back. Like, it's hard. And that's, you know, freaking Kyrie Irving. Like, it's Mm. hard to reinsert somebody into the rotation at this time of the year. It's not a simple thing to do. And it didn't look great for Virginia the other, you know, this this past week.
0: Okay, so here are my thoughts on that versus the, for instance, like the Kyrie thing. Um, I I think it's a lot easier to reinsert a wing that is mostly utilized as a spot-up shooter uh, than it is a point guard. Which is a lot of the or high usage guys, because even even Justin Anderson, he was a high usage guy. But there are ways to work around that high usage just by using his ability to space the floor as a decoy. Um, so I think that he, I think that reinserting him is going to be easier than it has been for other teams in the past. But it's definitely concerning just because their offense has been kind of a, it hasn't been a total like dumpster fire, but it hasn't been good. Like it's, it's, the it's been a very average offense compared to. It being a near elite offense with Anderson being in his peak.
1: Well, yeah. Now it's like in terms of offensive efficiency, isn't it outside of the top twenty-five? Yes, yeah, it's uh, twenty. Yes, twenty-seventh yeah, now. And at they were one,
0: top ten when Anderson went out.
1: That's my point. Like, wow. they're, they're, yeah, they're not the same team on that end of the court. Like, they were never. I used to get frustrated when people say, "Ah, oh, Virginia, you know that Virginia can't score." Yes, they can. They don't score a lot, but they can score. Efficiently, Like that's a good, oh, Virginia sucks on offense. No, they don't. I used to argue with people, no, they don't. They're really, really good. They're elite offensively. But now, yes. they're, now they're just okay offensively. You know, they're just, they're not, they're not very good. And if they're not very good offensively, it, it changes. Like the ceiling on them lowers significantly, right? Like the numbers have, it is a, dr- though the record didn't drastically drop off, what they were doing offensively drastically dropped off without Justin. Yeah.
2: yeah and- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, that is probably the biggest... I'm huge on Nova period, uh, but that is why I did not put Virginia in the Final Four, and it's it's why I'm still wondering if I'm going to take
1: Belmont, just because. Anthony Grant got fired. You surprised?
2: Uh, No, I'm not surprised. Um, do you think Steve Prohm is going to take that?
1: I don't know. Um,
2: like, do you... you t- okay. So you take it, all right? You're in like you know, you're in a power league, um, and Bama actually like I think it's like the third winningest SEC program ever, I think. Um, but it's it's I don't want to know if I would call it a sleeping giant or something, but um, I don't know. I, I know he went there. Uh, he's it, that's one of those names where, like it just gets thrown out there. Um, but I don't know if it's like the best necessarily option for him.
1: Well, I'll, I'll break it for you a couple ways. One. Um, you know, he he just had a child, <laughs> like literally, just had a child, and some of this seriously, comes, some yeah. this comes down to money. Like you know, um, you know, like if you can get two million dollars a year from Alabama, like that's significantly more. Like that's cra- That's life changing money. That's family changing money. And so yeah. at some point, I think we we forget that the, you know these guys are, you know, in in a lot of ways like like anybody else. Like when you can. You know, multiply your salary by five. And I don't even know, I don't even know what he's making at Murray, but it ain't close to two million. All right. right. So when you can make that kind of money, like it's hard to say no to it, particularly when you've already said no to it once. Like he could have had the Mississippi State job a few years ago. Um the other part of that aspect is, you know, life in a one bid league is is awful.
2: This right? is what I yeah, so this and, is what I am trying this. to tee you up on. Right. Okay. Here's why so I can, I, I can uh, see on. him taking it because right. honestly you have a year like you this year and you don't get in and you have an option to make a lot more money and go to a power league where you know, your odds are going to be better. Uh, that's why I think if he's offered it, he's going to take it. You can be it, mediocre
1: in a power league and get in the tournament and great in a mid-major and miss it. That's a hard life. Yes. yes. So like for the, those are the reasons you do it strictly for money. It's, then it's your alma mater. Okay. Listen, there's a handful of reasons you do it. It's your alma mater, tons of money, and it gets you out of a one-bid league because here's the truth. We've talked about Steve Prohm a lot over the past week. We've all known Steve for, for a while. Um, we've talked about him a lot over the past week. Before the past week, when's was the last time you talked about Steve Prohm?
0: When, when Isaac, Isaac exactly balling exactly. out. It's the okay. same thing that you, you, Saul Phillips did last year.
1: You get off the radar so fast in those leagues. Like you better have a pro, yep. you better be ranked around the top 25 or else we don't even think about you. Even when we like you, we don't we don't even it's not even that we're ignoring you. Like sometimes fans of these schools will be like, "Oh, you you are oh, you're ignoring." It's not that we're ignoring you. Like to ignore you is to like like go out of our way to try to prove some something we don't even think about you. Most people don't even think about you. It's got nothing to do with ignoring. We don't even know what you're doing. Like we're just completely Mm -hmm. unaware. And so um, (laughs) right now he is on people's radar. But if for whatever reason something slips, and I don't even mean like slips bad. Like you could still, you know, finish second in the OVC three years in a row or or finish first and miss the tournament again. But uh, he's hot right now. Oddly, because of all the attention they've gotten the past week, because of a devastating loss, and I, am a big believer in, in striking while you're hot on on some level, if if only because in those leagues it can go away, even if you continue to recruit the same way and coach the same way. So money, yes. alma mater, get you out of a one bid league. Those are the reasons you do it. The reason. You how don't. much
0: How much money do you think Steve Pro makes? I found a couple sources online. Uh, I'd around a half a mil. I'd say Mix. six. Two hundred and seventy million, okay. or two hundred seventy thousand. Okay,
1: $270, okay, so, okay, all right. Okay. Wow. So you can go to making two hundred seventy thousand. That's a for year? that's
0: for an ESPN article. Okay. like back in back a little bit ago.
1: Okay, so you make two hundred seventy thousand dollars a year. You really gonna turn down two million? I mean, get out of here. No, yeah. they, no reasonable person would do that. So, no. like, yeah, if man. Alabama wants him and they put they really do put five years, ten, tw- you know, ten million dollars on the table, I. I I don't know how if you make two hundred seventy thousand dollars a year, you can say no to your alma mater trying to trying to give you a ten million dollar contract, right? So, yeah, I could see him going. The reason you don't do it is because Bruce Pearl lives down the street. That's mm. hard. Yeah, that's very hard. He he's going to out recruit you. Yeah, he's uh-huh. going to out uh, entertain you. And mm-hmm. and like and that but and that is what you're going to be measured against. So uh, what, uh, so I could I could talk myself out of it. But probably not with a ten million dollar contract, I don't think I could
2: yeah, I think I think if they offer he should and and will take it um so we'll we'll see and, that, and this is the weird part of the year in that, and I'm sure we'll uh we'll hit on this actually probably uh, especially after the uh the first weekend, but firings and then hirings'll probably be a pretty active carousel um as we head into the first you know first weekend of the tournament here. Uh, to me, um, I would just end it on this note. Uh, if Butler does beat Texas, it is hard for me to see Rick Barnstein.
1: I've been told this that they won't fire him no matter what. But could he have a graceful retirement? You know, like yeah. he, he walk away? I've heard that that could be a possibility. Um, Charlotte's now opened, of course. The, the name bouncing around that one, and really has been for two months, is your buddy Will Wade at Chattanooga. Will Wade. How yeah, about? I've heard that name connected to that job literally for two months. Wow. Um, Lavelle Moton makes a lot of sense there as well. Sure. Um, you know, he's doing an all-time
2: backfire, by the way. In NCC oh, was God. not in the tournament after they won their Miac quarterfinal. Their SID put out the most <laughs> cocky <laughs> press release ever. Like, these these games end. The SIDs is right just to recap. So if any sure. media wants to read them, you know, it's just basic boilerplate stuff. But this one was just like... <laughs> it was I straight up fire. Of oh, my gosh. It was straight fire, uh, fire emojis, and... And what happens the very next game, GP? They freaking lose and aren't in the tournament. That is the ultimate karma
1: backlash. No, it was ridiculous. I felt sick for Lavelle, but like he would—he's done everything he could do at NC Central. Like at some point, like yeah. you know, you yes. get the next job or you don't get the next job, and he'd make a lot of sense at Charlotte. I—the name I hear most connected to that though—is—is is probably uh, Wills. And then Depaul's open as well. Uh, poor Olive, uh, moment of silence for Oliver Purnell. Oliver Purnell, who hasn't still been never fired. Been fired, still hasn't been fired. I know, but I
2: do like—I like. um I like the Wardle. I like Wardle there uh, at Green Bay. Um, Chicago
1: guy has won 48 games the past two years at Green Anita Bay. Need a young guy. Yes. Yeah, he's young. He's like he's like 35. 35, 36, something yeah, like that. Yeah.
2: Um, he's got a decent team coming back next year, um, but he's a name. Bryce Drew's been th- thrown out there, but Bryce Drew's got a great team coming back, and Bryce Drew can probably get a better job after Valpo kicks butt again next year, I would think. Right. Um, so Ben Hallen's DePaul, name again? Huh. Ben Howland's name again. Hallen, yeah. That's, that's the thing. So, um, from what I gather, it's basically Howland should be getting higher this this offseason. He's
1: definitely going to take a job last year. he so, could have had a job. He thought he could get better jobs, and then he, it was like musical chairs. You look up, and like there's no chair left for you. Um, I think Ben forever thought he could get involved at Missouri, get involved at Tennessee, and he couldn't get involved at those places. They didn't get Marquette because Doc Rivers pushed hard for Wojo. Right. And um, whatever, he just got left without a, a spot He's very, He wants back in so badly now That he'll take whatever job But it's going to be interesting Like If DePaul comes at you Do you just jump at it and say "I hate right. hey, It's a biggie's job Or do you wait and see what happens at UNLV Because I'm told that one's 50-50 right now
2: Man, someone else asked me about UNLV I,
1: I said this at the
2: beginning of the year I, I wouldn't I be surprised
1: down. Hey, Reference this uh, if it goes down at the let's see what mark we're at here in the podcast, at the 55 minute mark, I won't be surprised if UNLV opens in the next 48 hours.
0: Okay. Well, he's like that. Dave, Dave Rice has been kind of a mess there.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been they've been an underachieving program in terms of on yeah. the court stuff. I thought this could be possible, but I thought his buy like I thought his bio, it's was not
0: big. big. It's new like contract, and
2: I looked that, it up. Just resigned, and, and ultimately, some of these things don't mean too much if you're able to raise enough money. But um, I would think UNLV would be the better job for Ben
1: than DePaul. I think Ben would be great at UNLV, wouldn't he? Yeah. So yeah,
0: I agree. The buyout for UNLV, I've looked it up in the past. It's like one point five to two million.
1: It's right, not no, huge. <laughs> and so it's
0: basically. Oh hell, I spent that in yeah. Vegas before.
2: <laughs> yes, you have. One well, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be. I mean, if that does happen, we'll really start ramping up here, um, and it's like, it's a definitely an interesting part of the of the, of the sport. Um, but it's also it can sometimes be annoying because you got we got the tournament and the tournament's so much fun, and then you got you know coaches chasing all these jobs. And uh, this seems like it will be a more active uh, character re- than last no, year.
1: I can remember like this one could either be relatively quiet or it could go crazy. Like is Georgia Tech going to open? They got money problems there. Like if they if they yeah, moved on Brian Gregory, yeah.
2: There are they're still on the hook for Yeah, they, I don't they, think they, it's going to open.
1: Yeah, if they if they moved on yeah. Gregory, they'd ha, they they would next year be paying whoever their new coach is, plus Brian Gregory, plus Paul Hewitt. They, they'd be at three yeah. men's coaches on on the books. Like that's not ideal. But like um, you know, Indiana could still theoretically open or not. Texas could theoretically open or not. What happens if Billy go, Billy Donovan goes to the NBA? Fred Hoiberg goes to the NBA. Right. Um, UNLV might open. Like, like this one could either be where we look up and go, uh, okay, Alabama was was the biggest job that opened all year, or we could look up and it could just be bananas, you know, based yep. off of some of this other, well, you know, based off stuff that happens in, in you know in the in the next week in the NCAA tournament and then the NBA stuff like. It, like Billy Donovan is always gonna have an opportunity to jump if he wants, and so is Fred. And so they can they can do it whenever they want. And I won't be I I won't be surprised if either or both do it this offseason.
0: Yeah, and that Orlando Magic job is probably open again. Because they fired Jacques Vaughn right what, like a month ago, and they're still interim. And that's so, a,
1: and that's a pretty good job, right? You got a young yeah. you got a young, interesting core there. Like yep. I don't know like the dynamics between Billy and the and the people in Orlando now given you know their their past but yeah I think that's the type of job that if if they pursued him again he'd have to seriously look at it again.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh you know if if Indiana or Texas opens everything's going to like just all hell's going to break loose because you're going to see all kinds of different coaches. You're going to see someone move like you might see Greg Marshall move from Wichita to Texas. Someone has to go to Wichita. Then, or like maybe like Mike White gets hired at Wichita, and then you go uh, to Louisiana Tech. someone has to get hired at Louisiana Tech. It's going to go crazy if one of those two jobs. Oh yeah,
1: are. yeah. The, the the domino effect is what always yeah. sends it. Uh, and, and to Norlander's point, I can remember a insubordinate. This is probably most NCAA tournaments, but there's one specifically. Maybe it was when Calipari went to Kentucky, or like when Kentucky fired Billy Gillespie. I don't remember, but like I I looked up. You know, you just sort of, you know, you look up and you have these moments, and you go, okay, what what have I been doing? And I had not written a word about the NCAA tournament. Like in two weeks, the tournament was going on, and all I was doing was dealing with, you know, coaching stuff. And so it's not a, you know, you'd rather focus on the games, but mm-hmm. um, it's a hard thing to do this this time of the year for GP, uh, for people who have these jobs. Yes,
0: Passner is safe, right? Hundred percent.
1: Yes, he yeah. will not be. Uh, they won't make a move on him this year. Uh, now, I, I've my advice to him because, and we've talked about this before. I don't, we don't need to go into it again. But I, I, I just think once the fan base turns on you, it's hard to ever get them back. And once you mm-hmm. have a bad year that puts the fan base against you, you're all, you're forever one bad year away from getting fired. So even if next year is good, if the next year is bad, you're gone. If the next yeah. two years are good, but the th- the one after that's bad, you're gone. And I don't know why you want to live like that when you're still under 40, like in the spirit of career longevity. So if yeah. I were him, honestly, I'd be trying to get involved at Alabama. If UNLV opened, I'd be trying to get involved at UNLV. I would look for a parachute uh, you know, escape out of this thing. But on the other hand, he's got you know, the, a, probably a preseason top 25-ish type team with Dedrick Lawson ready to enroll. Um, so I, I, And he's got a $2.65 million a year contract. That ain't easy to walk away from. Yeah. Um, but but they won't fire him. I, I think you'll see, for one reason or another, his his staff be shaken up. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll they'll get him some help on the bench. One you know, and if he doesn't want it, they'll they'll require it. Uh, but uh, no, it, Memphis will not fire him. I, a, his bosses really like him for a variety of reasons. B, they couldn't afford to do it even if they wanted to. Yeah. There's only one dude connected to Memphis that could write that check, and that's Fred Smith. And he he doesn't care enough to write that check. Uh, Bill Lurie mm-hmm. could also probably write that check, but Bill Lurie likes Josh Pastner. So, no, he'll be back at Memphis unless he chooses to leave uh, Memphis. And then we'll see uh, we'll see what else happens on the coaching carousel. And we have, you'll be thrilled to know, e- eclipse the one-hour mark on this podcast.
2: Hey, man, Marathon Selection Sunday stuff. And I'm not even – yeah. it's 12.08 Eastern. I'm at least two and a half hours from – from passing out here. It's only my 9.08 buzzing.
0: my time. We could go for another three hours. <laughs> well, no like, nope,
2: I've got to drive to Nashville at five.
0: <laughs> I'm in
1: Nashville. I have to get home. That's what I mean. How about, th- how about this stupid story? So I have been going nonstop back and forth in New York, blah, blah 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 I didn't I haven't rented a car in forever because like I've I've really only gone back and forth to New York. When I went to Wichita a few weeks back, I just used Uber and whatever. So I haven't rented a car in forever. So my plan was to fly from New York, I was in New York all last week, fly from New York to Nashville for the SEC Championship game on uh, Saturday, and then rent a car and drive home. Because you won't believe this, but, well, hey, you'll believe this, driving from Nashville to Memphis is more convenient than flying, but... It's also like like crazy expensive to fly from Nashville to Memphis. like the cheapest yes. ticket. like it's one,
2: ridiculous to fly from New York to Pittsburgh. I've tried I once looked into it. It's outrageous how expensive. it, is. it
1: was like literally I'm not exaggerating a thousand bucks to fly from Nashville to Memphis one way. So I was like, okay, I'll just fly New York to Nashville and then I'll rent a car, and then I'll drive home on Monday morning or Sunday night. it doesn't matter, and uh, and whatever. everything's fine. I land in Nashville, and as I'm walking to like the Avis counter, I realize, oh God, I don't, I have an expired driver's license. My birthday was in January, and my license expired on my birthday, and I haven't really been, I haven't really been driving at all. So, nor have I been home. So I was, I just never occurred to, I didn't even really, I, I think I recognized because somebody at the airport said, hey, you know your license expired like three weeks ago, and I was like, oh okay, thank you. What difference does it make? I don't, not, I don't drive anywhere anyway.
2: Thank you, sir. You have a good
0: day. Yeah, that's what I said,
1: right? <laughs> and so uh, I'm like going to get a rental car. And so uh, I realize I can't, uh, I, I, I can't rent a car. They're not going to rent me a car. So I call my wife and, uh, and, and hey, sweet pea. I try to play it off. Um, hey, you know, I've just been missing you guys. Rather than me drive home or fly home, I left flying on the op- option on the table. i just really like it if you guys came up on Saturday and met me here and we could go like my old roommate, uh, Corey uh, lives here and they have a baby that's the same age as our baby. And they're always staying with us when they're down there, when they're down in Memphis. I was like, you know, like, I just thought it'd be nice if you and Aiden and Oliver drove up, met me in Nashville. Um, we go have dinner on Saturday night with, with Corey and Rebecca and little Clem. And then on Sunday you guys can hang out with Corey and I'll go to the game. And then, um, and then I, you know, we can all ride home together. It'll just be good family time between uh, between my back and forth to New York. So I tried to sell it like a good thing. Really, I just needed to ride home. I was stuck in Nashville. Um, So like, so like, yeah, they're up in the room asleep, and I'm gonna have to uh, get up with them in like really like four hours and and drive home so that Norlander and I can talk on video tomorrow and break down every single game. Oh, I cannot
2: wait to see what you look like as we have to record. Like, I think we're gonna have to talk about every single round of sixty four game on video.
1: (laughs) That's.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I'm so happy I'm the new guy.
2: Oh
1: man. Oh it's gonna man. Be,
2: it's going to be so good. I can't So Sam, up.
1: I'm glad you're so excited about what the next few hours holds for you. I'm I'm over here like contemplating the end of my life. <laughs> So uh might no. go see
0: a movie, might Oh yeah, know, I might just... go
1: see a movie and then watch and then watch a movie again and then yeah, ma- you know? and then maybe like watch another movie. I'm, maybe I'm... watch the Jinx finale. You <laughs> know? Like... Hey hey, is that great? I really had never even heard of that until today. I read that the guy yeah. got arrested or something. Is that great? Is that something I need to watch?
0: I've, I've only seen the first two episodes, but it's pretty terrific from the first two that I've seen. Okay. I I've really enjoyed
1: it. All right, I'm gonna jump on that then. In the meantime, I'm going to go try to get into a hotel room and go to sleep so that a one-year-old can wake me up in two hours.
2: Hey, I love you, man.
1: I love you back. I love both of you back. Go to sleep or do whatever you want to, Sam. Stay up all night. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys. Uh, Hey, we'll do this again on Wednesday. Seriously, well, we'll do this again on Wednesday, the three of us. Uh, yeah sure man we can do we can do that all right I want to keep yeah. uh, I, I'd rather just talk to you guys plus I don't uh, <laughs> you're uh, sick of talk you're sick of talking to doster that's what it is basically. you know what happens you know what happens when I have those outside guests um I feel more like a host instead of just one of the guys I feel more like I have to ask questions too much and I don't want to do that yeah sometimes.
2: you because you want to talk
1: I like talking yeah I know I like okay. <laughs> did you notice <laughs> all right, GP, what, go uh, to- somebody actually to- somebody actually said you know on those podcasts all you do is ask Norlander and to see any questions, and then you answer them yourself. <laughs> That's correct. Like they, rit- it's
2: just, they it's said, it's almost uh, part of like it's just part of the ruse at this point. At yeah.
1: what point? Did, this is somebody asked me. At what point do you start an entire podcast where all you do is ask yourself questions and then answer them? And I was like, I could probably pull that off.
2: Dude, you do pull that off. <laughs> it's called the radio show. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called the radio show. All right, I'm going to bed. I'll see you guys later. Go to sleep. We'll talk to you once. All right. Bye.